Maybe you're better off with her. I think she's better for you. I forgot how great it felt to be us. Guess I got carried away. I had to use you to make me feel strong, but I don't care about that now. I see a tower built out of my mistakes, and it all comes crashing Hello, adoptees, friends, and families of adoptees. I am your host of this episode of The Rambler, Mike McDonald. Uh, I said that in the wrong order. I said it in the wrong order. I am the host of The Rambler, Mike McDonald. And uh, welcome. Welcome to the show. I want to welcome you to this very special episode of The Rambler. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've kind of gone to a uh, more of a monthly kind of output session here for the show as opposed to a weekly session. Uh, mostly that's due to, you know, the, the, the willingness of people to come on the show and be guests. So if you would like to come on the show, please, please send me an email, a message, whatever. I'm always available at the rambler ADHD at gmail.com. That is the rambler ADHD at gmail.com. You can also tweet me there at the rambler ADHD on Twitter, or you can like my page and message me on uh, facebook.com slash the rambler ADHD. You can like me there too, as well, just so you're aware. Uh, listen, I have a great, great show for you today. My guest is a fantastic guest and a kindred spirit in ADHD-ness and Korean adoptiness and just amazement and comedy and a pretty awesome person all around, Michaela Dietz. Michaela Dietz, that opening song, if you weren't aware, by the way, it's not the usual, this isn't going to be the usual episode, uh, usually I have some uh, intro and outro music from the Bell at Needle Drop Records and uh, a collective effort, and they usually come out of Korea, but uh, this time we're going to be focused solely on uh, Steven Universe, I don't know if you're aware of this, I don't know if you're aware of Steven Universe, I don't know how many fans of Steven Universe there are that cross-pollinate between this show and the uh, the Cartoon Network. You should check out Steven Universe because one of the main characters, Amethyst, that is a, a stone, it's a birthstone, as well as a major character on the show, is played by a Korean adoptee, and uh, she is my guest today, Michaela Dietz. I'm very excited to have her on. Anyways, you guys uh, should definitely check that out. Listen, listen there's a lot going on uh, since I left you last I feel like since that happened uh, many moons ago in January, I guess it was. Anyways, uh, I'm not going to get into all that. I just want you to know that this month is going to be Michaela Dietz, and she's awesome. And I'm so happy she agreed to come on the show. She's actually, uh, the way she found out about the show is from Niall Frank. And if you haven't seen or listened to that episode, and I say seen very specifically... You should go check that out because you could also watch it on YouTube because Nayo, a.k.a. Natalie Frank, is a, a Korean adoptee and she's deaf. And so we put up a uh, uh, an episode of this show on YouTube with captions for the hard of hearing. And I think you guys will really enjoy that. 
because you'll get to see my beautiful face, which you usually don't get to do. And that's pretty awesome in and of itself. In any case, uh, we're, we're going to get to this show right now. Uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff. I think you're really going to like it. We talk about uh, uh, CVS and our love of CVS and also uh, my, my that was also where I worked first as my first job. Uh, what else? We talk about uh, the word moist. I don't know if you guys are into that. Your gals typically are not into that word. Uh, Michaela was not into that word unless it's used in a certain kind of connotation. Uh, such as describing chicken or or brownies or cookies, uh, mostly cooked or baked goods, I guess is is what that comes down to. And and really, that's I guess the, kind of the major points uh, of this episode of the show. That and uh, Steven Universe, et cetera, et cetera. In any case, uh, listen, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna get started with this. This is my conversation with Michaela Dietz. Uh, voice actor extraordinaire and star of Steven Universe. I think you guys will enjoy this episode. So go ahead and do that. Enjoy. Enjoy. I'll talk to you guys at the end. So I'm such a cheapskate that I don't even have like a cool profesh one. I literally put like pieces of tape, like sticky part to sticky part, so it doesn't, so, you know, yeah, mess. No, so the like, adhesive residue. doesn't mess up the can. And then I made, I fashioned this cool little flap, oh, so yeah. I can flap it up and down. Nice. And uh, it's pretty badass. It's pretty sweet. Say. You're like a little arts and crafts person. Yeah, I'm very crafty. So you I got your like crafty pop filter. None of nobody can see this right now, but you have fashioned your own pop filter for your microphone yeah you i youtube that cover. shit yeah it's um i made it out of um an old coat rack hanger <laughs> and okay this is this is the even weirder weirder part i went to to cvs to buy like pantyhose uh-huh for this yeah to make this pop filter because like you got to put the pantyhose over the like like i fashioned the coat hanger so it's in this like wand form or like a lollipop form if mm-hmm. you will and then you put the pantyhose over it but i definitely was like "Ooh, nude could be fun <laughs> then i'm like oh no 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 go, go you know what you know what girl go for classic black do it's, it it's the classic pop filter color yeah and it was i think the pantyhose were like 69 cents mm-hmm. it was weird they even came in those like plastic egg containers yeah like yeah. old school <clears throat> oh do they not do that anymore well, I feel like now it's like control. Oh, what you don't buy uh, a lot of pantyhose, Mike? Not anymore. Not uh, not as of late. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> You're like I gave that up in yeah. 2000. Well, my first job was at CVS, and I used to have to stock that stuff. And I was like, I don't really understand why these come in like an egg. Like I was, but it was like a lady product. That, so there's you know a whole aisle of shit I didn't understand because I'm like a 16 year old boy. <laughs> Do you wait? Okay. I just got a huge friend crush on you. Did you just say your first job was at CVS? It was at CVS. I was a cashier and then I moved up to head cashier. Dude! Do you realize CVS is like my happy place? <laughs> that like when when you when you like scan the coupon thing and the self coupon thing and it's like bing, ding 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 and then it's like and then like a, a receipt and then like coupons come out that are like mm-hmm. the length of my body. Yeah. It's like such a waste of paper. <laughs> it's so amazing. 
Dude, you know what I'm really good at? Do I don't want, think I've ever oh heard anybody describe CVS as I want to fucking place. show you something. Oh my God, I want to show you something amazing. So okay. I'm so sorry. I, I have to get this. No, let's, let's, I'll wait. <laughs> okay. I legit save these receipts. Like I proudly display them. I proudly display them on my fridge because I think the thing that I'm best at at life, in life, is maybe CVS. Like, I'm so <laughs> good at CVS. Okay, my- Is this like a backup career? <laughs> Here is a receipt. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. That looks like a standard CVS receipt. It's a standard CVS receipt. And under trip summary, it said, today you saved $32. And that's a savings value of 59%. That's so much percent. <laughs> that's, that's more than half. By like 9%. Isn't that freaking nuts? Okay. <laughs> this one is... Oh, oh, oh. Okay. On November 4th, 2016 at 9.18 p.m. This is like I, four months ago now. You saved this receipt from four dude, months ago? This is what I'm good at. Don't knock what I'm good at. It's cool. No, no, no. I'm not laughing um, at you. On that day, I saved $31.76 for mm -hmm. a total savings value of 64 percent what were you buying that was okay, it like so two you, for one it, deals yeah bro you gotta be smart about it you gotta look mm -hmm. at like where the extra bucks are yeah like um and i had how much like cvs cash do you get back like in oh, the mail? extra bucks I'm yeah so, i'm fucking rolling in extra are you like bucks. swimming in it like scrooge yeah. mcduck Just yeah <laughs> like scrooge mcduck exactly it's just like extra buck on extra buck. It's like today I used maybe seven extra bucks. Wow. That's, that's a lot. That's just like free money. That's like a lot of pantyhose you could buy. Oh my God. That's so many. <laughs> it's like that 10 pairs. That's so many like <laughs> bullshit pop filters. So those. many like back alley pop filters. You could be just oh crafting for your voiceover oh friends. Be like, I made this for you. I'm like, here's an offering. Here you go. From the back alley pop filter gods. <laughs> Great. You're just running some like CVS, like in the back of CVS, you're, you're operating some bootleg shop to make pop filters back there. Yeah. And I have like a team of people and I'm like, hard work done. Get on that! <laughs> oh, oh boy, this okay, bit's gone on way too long. Grim a little. I don't believe in anything resembling a sweatshop. So I think there's going to be an investigation conducted very soon. Oh. <laughs> you're just going to look for for CVS's all across. Are you in LA right now? Is that where you're? Yeah, at? so I'm in LA right now, and like <clears throat> another chain that's very popular here is Walgreens. Yeah, of course. And I have some beef with Walgreens. What kind of beef could you have with Walgreens? Be okay, so I know, do you know where Walgreens is located? It's on the corner of Happy and Healthy. Um, but, <laughs> Mike, you laugh like me. We laugh like old people. We're like, ah! <laughs> Maybe it's a Korean thing. <laughs> yeah, so Walgreens, their mm. rewards program. I mean, listen, I have no beef with the people there. They're always very polite. They're, they're happy like, and healthy. They're super happy. They're super healthy. The, I mean, I feel like all of their stores are so clean. They're very well lit. But, but their rewards program is just like 
so bad. I'll buy so much stuff there. And mm-hmm. then I'll ask about my rewards. And they're like, um, you need to like spend 800 more dollars to get a savings of like five cents. Oh, like, no. That's not CVS, extra bucks at all. They know how to incentivize you. Yeah. And CVS is so good because they figured it out. They're like, they like really know your buying patterns. <laughs> they you have know what tailored. I mean? Yeah. They just know what you need. And then they like give you coupons for that. And you're like, shit, like, I guess I should just stock up on that too. Do you find Ugh. that like helpful or creepy or a bit of both? Both. I mean, it's both. It's totally both. <laughs> but you're like, I don't care. I want those. Sometimes books. I just want to, yeah, when I get those coupons, I'm going to be like, you don't know me. You don't know me like that. You know, like. But ugh. then you're like, but they do. But then I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry I yelled at you, CVS. Thank you. No, this is good because I haven't heard uh, – I mean, like, it's not like I don't go to CVS. CVS is kind of my jam. I I literally live between two CVSs. There's, like, one up the road on the highway and there's one downtown. Is one noticeably di- better? Uh, I think the creepier, like, more unkempt <laughs> one downtown is better. Let me ask you. Because it seems like there's nobody working at the other one. Oh. There's only like two employees at any given time and it's like a warehouse oh. in there. Oh. Let me ask you, are either of those CVSs carpeted? Uh, I think they're both carpeted, actually. Yeah, that's kind of weird. But it's like CVS's thing. I guess Walgreens, yeah. I've never been to a carpeted like Walgreens or right. No, Walgreens doesn't Reed. carpet their floors. Yeah, I don't think any of those places carpet their floors. Mm-mm. Just all CVS. Tile. Only yeah. CVS, that's true. And it pissed yeah. me off when I worked there because I'd have to vacuum every night. Yeah. Every night I'm sitting there vacuuming. Yeah. I got yelled well, at they, one time Well, they care boss. about our joints. They don't want us. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yep. They're like, you know what? It's really hard when people have to buy adult diapers and just stand on this hard tire. <laughs> for we hours. We should help them. While they decide yeah. which diapers are best for them. Yeah, exactly. I worked at a one in a mall, actually. Is uh, the, a CVS you know, in a mall? Yeah, it was a CVS in a mall, but it wasn't a there wasn't a Whoa. pharmacy because there was a, there was a law in Jersey where it was like you can't have a pharmacy in a mall because you know oh. if there's anybody who needs to be medicated, it's people who work in a mall, but they don't want to give it to them there. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, but people used to come with their circulars clipped out, like old ladies and weirdly some guy with a fanny pack, like a forty year old man with a fanny pack would come in and be like. Love him. You know, yeah. we're the peas. And I'm like, we don't, sir, we don't like have peas here, sir. And yeah. Like, it says in the circular the peas are on sale. Be like, What's this circular? Like, uh, you know, like the sales, like all the, that little oh, the flyer and everything. Sorry, is that a CVS jargon? No, that's, that's just, that's industry bill? jargon. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's You're what like, we um, say yeah, in Michaela, industry. <laughs> you wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. We're talking big time, okay? This is CVS, okay. not some... Not some See, Steven Universe stuff, di- right? Oh, hi. <laughs> the difference is Walgreens would have peas. I feel like Walgreens has like weird CVS, shit. CVS, like a full up CVS would have peas and a food section with cereal yeah. and stuff. And our yeah. CVS didn't have that because we didn't have a pharmacy. So we only had like over-the-counter medication, like adult diapers, yeah. pantyhose, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was like okay, half so of what you expect at CVS. Okay, perfect. Like gummy bears. Like you'd go in there and get candy before you the movie. That way you didn't have to pay $8 for gummy bears. Hell yeah, bears. bro. That's like – that's also something I'm really good at. Yeah. Yeah. Buying candy before the movie. That's what people do. That's what my CBS yeah. was for. But people did yeah. not understand that. They'd go in there and be like, 
I'm here to get my prescription filled. It's like, we don't yeah. have a pharmacy. They're like, but it's a CVS. I'm like, I know, I know. It's you're very like, confusing. It's You're like, I know it's called CVS Pharmacy, but we actually... <laughs> But we actually have but sorry. no pharmacist here. I could sell you a pack of reds. Do you want marble yeah. reds? Is that going to help you? No? All right. I had a flu shot today, see? I was wondering what that sticker was. Did you get that at Walgreens? I think it's free there. No, at CVS. They give them at CVS? Yeah, Man, I'm my so out of touch. clinic. Yeah, dude. Is it going around CVS, like LA? Like you need a flu shot? Yeah. Well, I mean, I always get flu shots. Um, but yeah, there's always stuff going around. I don't know. I guess I don't need to wear this anymore. I, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if it Dare makes you happy, it's got a minion on, on it. on the table and just see what my boyfriend says, that there's just like a band-aid, like, no, I'm just, that's mean. <laughs> Why? Just leave it on his side of the bed. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, lo love you. Here's right. a, here's a used band-aid. Right. It's not weird at all. What? <laughs> No, the one thing I do like to do is I like to leave head, my headshots on his side of the bed. Like, I'll sign them and, like, write messages to him and, like, leave them on his side mm -hmm. of the bed. And our cleaning lady thinks that, like, he's obsessed with me. It's so... <laughs> Like, he doesn't even realize that they're there. No, he has no clue what's going on. And she always walks in and she's always just like... So you really oh. just leave him for her. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny to me that she just thinks he, like, is obsessed. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's pretty funny, but she must be like, this is really weird. This is a yeah, weird it's thing weird. going on here. It's weird. How long have yeah. you been out there? Um, I've been in LA for oh, – this is such a good question. Wait. Almost nine years? Eight that's and a half, a, nine years? That's a good amount of time. Yeah, solid chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm originally from the East Coast. Right. I'm originally from Cooperstown, New York. And um, yes, yeah, so you, so the way I found out about you, Mike, was yes. because you interviewed um, a childhood friend of mine, Natalie Frank. That's so funny. Nailed, I sorry, didn't know how Frank. that you guys knew each other. You only yeah. like like sent that tweet out of the blue and I was like, oh, thanks. And then I saw like the blue check mark. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a. I got. I sent. I applied for the blue check mark. I got rejected by Twitter. They're like, we don't think. But you did you do it right? It. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What yeah, that means. you gotta have like enough backup. I feel like it's like. I sent. I don't know. I was like, here's a URL to my podcast, and they were like, No, nah, you have to be no thorough thanks. about it. I feel what like does that mean? Like, what are the what are the parameters? Well, I don't have an it, IMDb page. Do I need one of those? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I feel like. <laughs> Just make something up. Just <laughs> that's not very thorough at all. I know. I I I should. Hmm, I wonder if I have what I wrote. I don't know. We can offline. We can like chat. It's cool. This, and it, so going back, I was like, oh yeah. hey, thanks for the you know the comment about listening to the show and everything like that. Yeah, but you actually so know Nio. Yeah. So I I just loved it. It, it was a great interview. It Thank was so you. interesting. I think she's um, very interesting, and she's got a great story. She totally does. And you know what's weird is so I grew up with Nayo and mm -hmm. so I mean a lot of my experience with her is I mean we played soccer together on the high school team and um throughout our childhood we would like rollerblade together around weird 
parks in our hometown. <laughs> Why were they weird parks? They were weird. It wasn't even a park. It was like this one little, like, like there was a circular kind of drive, like a circular, like a sort of a weird roundabout that went like a through cul-de-sac? this park. No, it wasn't a cul-de-sac. It was like a roundabout, but through, it wasn't a full rotary. It just was like, it was like there was road and then there was a statue in the middle of this green island. And then there was road that separated out, you know, on uh, either side. It'd be like sort of like a, if you're wearing a necklace. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like two ends and then there was like mm-hmm. a circle. But so when we were growing up, they they repaved it right around the time when rollerblades were like hot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we would just go slam some blading sessions together. <laughs> Just roll around the weird yeah, not cul-de-sac roundabout. For sure. There. I mean, I think that like in our childhood, I feel like that's how we bonded. We both were sort of tomboys and not tomboy, but we just were like really outdoorsy athletic kids mm-hmm. and we just wanted to play outside. So I would yeah. always ring her up and she had the relay service. So that was so it was just so as a kid, you're like, oh my God, I can say anything. And this woman has to like type it to her. <laughs> that was like really exciting for you. Well, yeah, you're like, oh my god, I could literally say anything right now, and she would have to like read she has it to, to Natalie. It. Yeah. Did you like what kind of advantage did you take of this lady? <laughs> no, I didn't. I was such a pussy. I like I would be like, I want to do it, but I couldn't. Well, like, what what would you want to say to her to be like? I would this, probably say like fart. Because I wasn't allowed to say fart growing up. we, My mom... <laughs> my mom had to say poot. Like, oh, I pooted. But you weren't allowed to say fart? Like, like she would... My mom would just be like, ugh, fart, no. Pooted. Like, she would correct us. And all my friends would make fun of me. Because they're like, nobody fucking says pooted. I think I had a friend that said pooted, but it was more in like jest. Like you draw these little cartoons with somebody farting, but it had like a thought bubble coming out of its ass and it would say poot. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that was me. I was that ass. (laughs) Was she just like disgusted by the word fart? Yeah, I guess she thought it was bad. I don't know. It's like how most girls react to moist. They're just like, ew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't like it? So your mom, your mom's moist was, was fart. Dude. No, my mom's moist was moist. My mom also was just like, moist. (laughs) What? I've never asked this question on the air. Why, why do women not like that? I think it just so moist, like the way the, the word itself is kind of gross and moist. And then on top of it, the association with like moist things is like maybe too close to home. What about like a like a like a moist cake or a moist brownie? Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm all about moist cakes, my friend. But like, you know, when somebody just unnecessarily um, describes something as moist, I I feel like you're a guy. You can't. Like, we have more moist body parts on us than you guys do. So it's off limits for us to use that word. No, no, no. You can totally use it. I'm just saying your like association justified. is like might be not as like, you know, direct. 
Mm. You might not directly associate it with something. You might just be thinking of like moist chicken. I don't know. I don't uh, know, man. Okay, so, so you're rollerblading around Cooperstown, New York. And this is going to be a great It's going to be a fantastic episode Nothing's already. Get this is already one of the most ADHD episodes I've, yep. I've done so far. Yep. This is fantastic. Well, you're welcome. You're like a kindred spirit. I'm getting this is going to be a two-parter cuz we're not going to get anything accomplished here. So, Did so I... your mother hates the word fart. We've gotten this far. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mhm. Um, but so, yeah, through the relay service, I would ask Nat if she wanted to hang out and then we'd hang out. And you know, I mean, when you're growing up, you I, at least for me, I wasn't talking about, you know, very meaningful things. Mm -hmm. um, and then especially, um, I don't know, I didn't really ask her a lot about being adopted. I asked, um, uh, well, to set the tone, let me let me explain. So Cooperstown, New York mm -hmm. um, is a teeny, teeny village uh, in upstate New York. It's right in the center. It's about an hour and 20 minutes west of uh, Albany. And it is the home of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. uh, and for such a teeny village, it's very quaint and historic. You drive in. It's like this bucolic kind of drive. And um, everybody is like, all the houses are super cute. There are lots of actual white picket fences and shit. Like, it's it's nice. Yeah. Um, but it's very, you know, growing up in the 80s, it was very, very white. And mm -hmm. there just happened to be, like, this cluster of Korean adoptees. So there was, um, um, I think it was, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to use names, but I'll just say these people. So um, there's one guy. Um, so his parents worked uh, at the hospital with my dad and they had, <clears throat> they asked my dad for like a recommendation to adopt a, a child from Korea. My dad signed it and then he went home and he's like, shit, maybe we should adopt a kid to my mom. Um, so my parents put in the paperwork. His parents already had their paperwork in. Uh, Natalie's parents, they put in their paperwork then. There was a, so we were all about the same age. Mm -hmm. Then there was a girl a year below us, a grade below us, she had a little sister, also Korean and adopted, but she was not her biological sister. Mm -hmm. And she was like four, four or five years um, younger than us. And then there were like, there's just so many. And then I can think of at least, there was another family with two siblings who were adopted in Korean, not biologically related. And then another kid. And then, I mean, there were, for for a t for a village of like twenty three hundred people, it was. Yeah, it's starting to get up in numbers here. <laughs> yeah, it's very impressive, and you know we all had like super like German and like Irish and like <laughs> French names, mm -hmm. and, like Italian, like super Italian names. It's yeah, yeah. funny. Um. So were you all adopted through like the same service or, or what? Or was it um, all different? I I know for sure that the older crew. We were all adopted. We were all, all our parents dealt with Eastern. Okay. Um, and through, there's an orphanage in, or an adoption agency in Albany called Parsons. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we all went through Parsons, who was uh, associated with Eastern. And then, um, oh, there were, actually, my, my older sister's friend 
Um, he's even older than her. He he's a Korean adoptee. Um, but he's he's yeah. But like so, it's weird for such a small town. It was like crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, we didn't talk a lot about it, mm-hmm. but I did get the sense that there was. Um, you know, like there was, it was, there was a sense of comfort, at least for me in knowing that there were other adoptees around. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it was sort of hard because we were so, um, we were so protected. We were in such a bubble. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, I played a lot of soccer growing up. So I would travel down to, you know, like where you're from to play and, people would just ask these crazy questions and it I felt so unprepared for it and it made me so like people asking me about my real quote unquote real mom and right, right. if I'm Chinese and mm-hmm. um you know like all I I just it was very it was hard it was hard yeah to, to travel outside of Cooperstown did you grow up with other adoptees so a couple but most of the time yeah we had it was just me and my sister, and then there was. Uh, Is she adopted? She's also adopted, not biologically related. And then I have another best friend who's out in Vegas right now, and she is also adopted, and her sister is adopted as well. But we never like talked about any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like her, actually, her younger sister was actually on the show. She volunteered to be on the show like last year. Cool. Megan and Shayna who is uh, dancing out in Vegas. Not like that kind of dancer. <laughs> um, I'm like, does she do the twist? Like, what, what, what are we no, talking about here? No, she's awesome. Exclusively the electric slide. <clears throat> yes, okay. yes. Um, no, she, we, would, we wouldn't like roll it blade around, but she was like close enough where I could like ride my bike over to her house and we could hang oh, out. Oh, yeah. That, yeah that's so pretty that, sweet. Yes, because like Hillsborough, New Jersey was like, disparate enough where it was like you could rollerblade to like the next neighborhood over but not very much further than that because you had to like go to right. like a highway kind of thing um yeah. so, but we never really talked about like adoption so i would have to wait like till like the whole next like like every summer um from 9 to 15 i went to like holt heritage camp in new jersey and that's oh, when i kind did? of got all my adoption stuff off my chest you were 15 when you were there up to 15 up to 15 yeah yeah, and then I was a camp counselor when I was 18. Dag, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, crazy cool. It was pretty cool, but, like, I didn't really have, except for my sister, and we didn't really talk about it except, like, maybe for the week after we got back from camp. Right. Like, we didn't really talk about any of that stuff, like, at all. Do you think it helped you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, like, a good, like, a healthy way to – talk about things, get them off your chest and everything like that. And it's a good way to network too, because now that like I'm like an adult, like all those people that I went to camp with are still like my really good friends. And so, you know, we don't always have to talk about, we don't usually talk about that kind of stuff, but like, yeah, you know, it's just a very comfortable. Now it's like what you had with Natalie or like all these other kids in Cooperstown. It's just a comfort level where it's like, those things don't necessarily need to be said, but if they need to be, we can bring them up. Yeah, I mean, I wish I, I wish I had that camp experience. I went to camp uh, for like a weekend mm-hmm. in Albany through that uh, adoption agency I was telling you about. Yeah, and I went two years in a row, and it was like, 
it was fun. Mm -hmm. I think I was just in such denial my whole life. Yeah? That I was adopted. Yeah. I, I Even though really, you hung out with all these kids? Yeah. I, I, well, first of all, I couldn't even say the word adoption. It would make me like tear up. I think I, I mm. think I had so much shit bottled up. So when it finally came out, it was like, <laughs> way too dramatic. Like it just. How, well, was, how old were you when you started like exploring these kinds of things? Um, like publicly, like well, I mean, I've always been. I always feel like, um, internally, I've been curious and, mm -hmm. um and uh wondering about my bio family and mm -hmm. and thinking about um you know my relationship with adoption but then not until i remember when i turned 17 i asked my mom to like file for the paperwork and then i kind of chickened out for a bit and then Which paperwork? i was the birth search paperwork yeah okay but i didn't do anything with it and mm -hmm. then in um <clears throat> After college, I lived in New York and I was studying acting and I remember um, we had to do a lot of these like a lot of acting classes or just like crying about stuff and using mm -hmm. memories and like so I, honestly that's that's when it really started. Yeah, like a real um, sweet reservoir to draw on. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> like hey, <laughs> hey, we're just practicing Trident gum commercials, Michaela. You don't have to cry. It's fine. <laughs> Um, you're like double man everything's yeah. better when you <laughs> I like <laughs> mentos like sobbing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was um, but then I you know I really that's when I started to embrace I think being Asian mm. um, and then when I moved to LA, I really, really embraced it. Mm. And um, shortly after moving to LA, I actually did file my paperwork to start my birth search. Mm. Um, so yeah, and then I've just been <clears throat> doing it ever since. I figured out it's much easier to just talk about it than it is to like bottle up all these feelings. So, yeah. Well, yeah. What, what was the, okay. We're going we're gonna to go back a little bit and then keep okay. going, revisit the timeline. It's going to be like Tennessee okay. Note okay. Up. So now we know cool. you're in LA and that's easier to talk about <laughs> the yeah. bottom it up, which is I think what most people discover after they realize that they, when they start totally. talking about it, it feels much better. Um, so we're going to go through that a little bit. Okay. So what, what you, so you grew up in Cooperstown. Yeah. You, like you spent pretty much everything, everything there until you graduated and moved to New York? No, I went to college in Vermont also. Ooh. Teeny, teeny college, Middlebury College, um, pretty white. Mm -hmm. I know their statistics say that they're very diverse, but I mean, I found that it, there were a bunch of like international students and they really mm -hmm. stuck together. And then um, there were a bunch of kids from uh, inner, like in different inner cities and, and they also stuck together. And I mean, most of my friends were white. Like I, I remember my mom telling me, um, she and my sister were helping me like move into my dorm. And this girl came up to me and was like, Hey, like I'm part of Palana, which is like, it's like the diversity group on campus. Um, she's like, you should definitely come by. She was super friendly and nice. And my mom mm -hmm. said, I was just like, um, yeah, thanks. 
The guy was like such a Ooh, bitch. To her. So cold. I know. Which... <laughs> Did you feel that way when you said it, or like in your mind? No, you're like, oh, thanks. But it came out. I mean, like, I mm. think maybe I wasn't a bitch to her face, but I think my mom knew me well enough to be like, "Oh wow, she has no interest in this." <laughs> and my sister was like, "My sister was like, when she was talking to you, it was like." You were almost just like, why? Why are you telling me about this? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I just was in a weird, weird denial. Um, did you like feel white? Or is that what you? Yeah, felt I most felt connected? super white. Yeah, I felt really white, and I felt like, um, well, I know I look like, like I know I look Asian, but I'm not. I can't relate. Mm-hmm. I just can't relate. I just felt like a fraud. I felt like. I had never been to Korea. I barely knew anything about Korean cuisine, culture. I I couldn't speak Korean. I just felt like, I just felt like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the best word to describe it. I just felt like a fraud. Like I couldn't, Mm. I didn't want to associate myself with that. Did you like picture yourself as a white person? Um, no, because I had mirrors around me, so I, like, I mean, I could... Well, I have mirrors, too, but I'm always like, oh, Tom Cruise. They're <laughs> like, hey. Hey. Back to. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I felt, ve- I felt very... Just internally, just yeah. very white. Didn't yeah. match with what the outside was. Yeah, and in my mind, I mean, in my mind, Asian women were like super duper pretty and they were quiet and they were like either badass like kung fu fighters or they were really good singers or they were like models like weird models i just i had never been around a ton of like just normal asian people this sounds so fucked up as it's coming out of my mouth. Why? It really sounds crazy. No. It does sound crazy. No. Because I, I wasn't that sheltered. I mean, I feel like I must have seen other Asian ladies. But I, I do know that. But you don't you didn't consider yourself uh, quiet? No. <laughs> Mike. No, that was kind of a joke. Mike, you know me now. <laughs> no, like I mean. doubting at you over the airwaves. Over, like, the, over the internets. That's cool. I mean, like, that's how most people perceive me, I feel like, is I'm just shouting. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, ah, what? Um, so you didn't join the group? No, I did not join the group. But then sophomore year, I felt like I was missing some diversity in my mm-hmm. college experience. And I did join this hip hop dance troupe. Sweet. And so many, there's that was very diverse. And they were like, these awesome Korean brothers who had like sick abs who would do like a lot of popping and locking and like they <laughs> like boys they could like do yes, flips and everything that was so awesome and um that's when I mean I made a lot of friends there and I just felt like that's when I was starting to embrace being a minority I think mm. um I will say I was raised Catholic and <laughs> oh me too <laughs> Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, McDonald, of course. Roman Catholic. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, for my confirmation name, you know how they'd announce it? They'd be like, Caitlin, like Anne May, and they'd be like Teresa Mary what Smith, you know? <laughs> and I chose. It was like Michaela, Suhi, 
dates. <laughs> I thought you were required to pick like a saint or something. You yeah, I think you were, but I think they were just like, oh, she's adopted. Just let her do it. Like, <laughs> they were like it. trying to be nice. You're like, okay. Like, is that your is that your like birth name, Suhi? No, my dad um is a doctor and he for a while was heading up the um residence program. Mm -hmm. So the, so the only like my only exposure to normal diverse like normal asian people were these residents these doctors in training um and this one korean woman i mean i don't really know her but my dad asked her to like get some names for me and then i just chose names and so it, me names. it meant smart happiness i was like oh, oh yeah i want that smart happiness that's a good one yeah so you picked smart happiness as your catholic confirmation, confirmation name, name. Wow, yeah. mine is not nearly as interesting. What was yours? Like Joseph? Francis. Hi! Michael Francis McDonald. Because uh, Francis of Assisi loved animals, as do I. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, he looks like a cool dude. He's hanging out with some lambs. Sure. Sure, I can You're do like... that. <laughs> that's, that's how I put I mine. like the name Francis. I think Francis is a cool name. Well, I think – I'm not sure – no, I'm just thinking of this now actually for the first time. I'm wondering what? if it had anything to do with the fact that my father's middle name is also Francis. Um, You think? I don't know. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah, I bet you a million bucks says that you actually didn't care that much and then you're like – you seem like a nice guy so you probably were like, oh, this will be good. So make my dad my happy. Dad. Yeah. Like I'll do my dad a solid. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? I, I thank you for that psychoanalysis of me. Did you <laughs> really like I don't like what do I know? I just met <laughs> you. Do, do do you have a good relationship with your your parents? Um, now I do. There Did was a you? period of time where it was not that hot, like in late yeah. high school, like junior and senior yeah. year of high school was not good. No, yeah, no bueno. But after that, like as soon as I Solid? moved out, it was a lot better. Made our amends. Got it. I I'm such a late bloomer and like everything. I feel like I spent my whole childhood and high school and college like just trying to be the perfect daughter. Mm -hmm. And then I had my angry teenage years like five years ago. <laughs> How'd that go? Five what? years ago up until a year ago. What yeah, sparked I mean, all that? I just was like so um, – I was – it was really shitty of me, actually. I, I focused on a lot of the... Um, dude, I'm telling you so much stuff right now. What do you mean? Um, this is, what? This is normal. We're just getting to know each other. No, I, no, no. I'm really telling you personal, like, things that I consider personal. Uh, okay, um, that's all right. I just feel comfortable. I just feel that's comfortable good. around you, M Michael Francis McDonald. I appreciate that. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I was really... I was just so mad at them for like not talking to me enough about adoption. Mm. Um, I think I was upset because, you know, to their credit, they were trying throughout my childhood to leave it in my hands. Like, okay, when you feel comfortable, you'll come talk to us about it. Mm -hmm. But I always felt like, oh, well, they're not talking to me about it. Like I'm, I probably shouldn't talk to them about it. I mean, it was basically mm. like years, decades of like, a miscommunication yeah and nobody wanting to hurt the other party's like feelings yeah, yeah um and they were 
Yeah, I guess I was just like thinking, you know, I'm I was so little, like how was I supposed to know or right. you know that I'm supposed to like initiate this combo. Um so I was upset with them about that yeah. and That's a lot of agency to give to a child. Just be like, yeah. hey, you come talk to us. Right. And I don't ever remember having a formal discussion about being what adoption really means. Sure. Yeah. Or meant. Now my brother's adopted, but he's Caucasian. So do you have like you have an older brother and a younger sister? An older sister who is my parents' biological child. Okay. And then an old and then four four years younger than her is my brother. Uh-huh. Who's um, Caucasian and adopted? He was adopted um, domestically, okay. and then there's me, four years younger than Kevin. Okay. Yeah. So oh, it, it sort of was like a mixed bag, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, did they ever talk to him about adoption at all? Yeah, more so. He had a very rough. I think he sh- displayed more of those textbook like signs of an of like. I think like t- a teenage adoptee, like acting out. Mm. Um, I mean, he, he he had a pretty tough time. And I don't know whether that was because he was adopted or just because he was having a, a, a sure, tough yeah. time. Um, but I do remember like uh, um, I was in maybe middle school and my brother, my mom felt like, okay, maybe my brother would be happier if he met his birth mom. Mm-hmm. So they had a PI investigate it and he, they located his birth mom. Was he, he privy to this? Was he like, did he have any? Oh no. Yeah. Her? He knew it. He knew it. And like, I remember crying in my room because it seemed like he didn't really give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, seemed like yeah, it yeah. wasn't that important to him. And I remember being like, man, I want this more than anything else in my life. Mm. And the chances of me finding my birth family are so slim. He doesn't know how good he has it right now. Yeah. So you're jealous. Like you could just, I was so jealous. Hire a PI and find domestically. There's no language barrier. It was so easy. It was so easy. I was like, I can't freaking believe it. And, and, and I was jealous, but I also was like, so upset with him that he didn't understand what a big deal it was. Mm-hmm. But I, now I get it. Some adoptees, they just don't care. It's not like right, what defines yeah, yeah. them. For me, since day one, I mean, I can't remember a time when I wasn't thinking about my birth mom. Mm-hmm. So it's just all, it's been this like constant, you know, presence. Right, right. Well, so. so you at 17, you put in the papers with your mom's help, but didn't do anything with it until you got to LA. Yeah, I like, I don't know what happened. I think my whole thing is I told myself, oh, I'm going to document it. I want to make a documentary. And then I wasn't ready and I kind of did research, and mm-hmm. but it never really happened. And then yeah. when I moved to LA, I actually met this guy and he was like, Michaela, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. This is very important. And so I filed the paperwork. Um, and at the same time, I was working um, for this production company. They hired a bunch of um, actors and writers. Cool. And we would um, do like write political um, uh, sketches, like 
comedic mm -hmm. uh, political sketches. And um, uh, and then they like gave us the opportunity to sort of develop our own projects. Um, and so I decided I really want to do a show on adoptees trying to find their birth parents. And so we were working on this deal with um, AOL for a while, which trying to develop online content. Mm -hmm. And um, so to do the pilot episode, I decided I would be the pilot episode. So I put in my paperwork and I um, got in touch with, I miss that person, the show in Korea. Are you familiar mm -hmm. with the show? I, I've heard of it. I have a friend who's been on. I've interviewed a couple oh, people really? who've been on it, but I I've never watched it. Okay, should we but tell? I'm familiar with do it. you want me to tell the listeners? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Sure. So, I miss that person. Is this show in Korea? I don't know if it's still on, but um, it's basically a missing persons format, and like, um, adoptees from all over the world go on and um, talk about their story and you know what any information they know about their birth parents mm -hmm. and it, it airs in Korea. And so Koreans tune in. I mean, Koreans are so addicted to like these very dramatic yeah, series, like, like television series. Yeah. So this is like a real version of that. Mm -hmm. And so they tune in and if they have any leads, people call in and the ideas that matches will be formed. Um, so because I was working with this production company, I don't know. They, they, I got to skip this crazy wait to be on the show. Oh, really? So, yeah, I filed my paperwork in like June and then they were like, all right, come in October. Come on out. Yeah, come on out. So I was like ready to go on this show to shoot it to do the pilot for this AOL thing. Mm -hmm. So maybe like a month before I was set to go to Korea. Mind you, I, I had not been back. Like this is right. gonna be my first time back. Yeah. Um I uh, it's an intense first trip back. Yeah, it was gonna be like super intense. Um but I um just emailed the orphanage Eastern mm -hmm. to be like, hey, just to let you know, I'm you know, I I'm coming, I'm gonna be on this show, but like would you mind if I came and interviewed you? Um could I film a little bit in the orphanage? Mm -hmm. And they, their response was, oh, oh, you're coming? Actually, we found your birth family. I just slurred so bad. I'm like, we found your birth family. Only you would notice that as a voiceover So they said that they found your birth family. They didn't notify yeah. you prior? Yeah. They're like, oh, you should not go on that show because we found your birth family. And I was like, what? And they were like, it's like oh, this yeah. messes up everything. They're like, yeah. So come here. And when you're here, you can meet them. So I was like, are you? I mean, I was like crying. Uh -huh. I mean, it was so emotional. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I went to Korea. Um, I met them. They were the people whose names had always been on my uh, paperwork. So you knew that? Yeah. Like their so their names were on there and everything? Yeah, their names were on and it said that they had split up, but actually they were married. Mm -hmm. They were not married at the time, but they got married right after. They gave me up. Oh. And, um, and then they had two other children. So I had 
siblings. A full, like a 10 years younger, um, a sister, and then like 14 years younger, a brother who wanted nothing to do with me, but the sister wanted everything to do with me. Um, and it was very emotional meeting them. My, my adoptive parents came, my boyfriend came and I got to say though, I opened the door and the first thing that registered in my mind was they look nothing like me. Mm. (laughs) Were you like really disappointed when you, when that happened? Yeah. I was like, Bombed, but you're in the moment and everybody's crying. So you're like, ah, fuck it. We'll just go through it. Um, (laughs) I guess we're doing this. You're here. I'm like, okay, I'm here. Let's just do this. Um, So I took a DNA test. I mean, you know, minutes after meeting them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember the the guy at the orphanage being like, are you sure you want to take it? It costs $18. And I'm like, yeah, um, I'll take 500 of them then. $18? I would pay pay so much money for a DNA test to confirm this. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. And my parents were like, well, what's it matter? You know, their names are on your paperwork. What's it matter? I know it's what your adoptive parents. Yeah. 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 And I was like, yeah, I know. But if there's anything to be sure about, it's this. So let's do it. I think in my, um, I don't know how, what, did they come with you? Yeah. They came with me and my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think like I just uh, – yeah, I, I don't know how I had learned this, but my pretty much since I – I guess since grade school, I remember thinking no matter what, I'm going to get a DNA test. Mm-hmm. Um, like That's crazy. Told- In grade school, you thought that? Yeah, just since then. And I maybe I read a horror story. I have no idea, but nobody told me to do it. I just – maybe I read something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it anyway. They said I would get the results back in like a few weeks. But I just met this family. So then for the next 11 days, my adoptive parents, my boyfriend and I, hung out with this new family of mine. Wow. In Korea. And it was like – what was that like Scoop. for him, the boyfriend? Oh, John. I mean, they loved him. They like, they like thought he was so charming and cute and amazing. They thought he was an actor. They were just like, "We love you. You're beautiful." What was his reaction? A, like, is this like he's crazy? He's a cute guy, but he's nothing. I mean, he's special to me, but like, I wouldn't say. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's like, like Jake. Like, I wouldn't say he's like. Hot, hot, super hot. Like, you know? He's no Chris like Evans? Co- what are you saying? Like in Korea, in Korea, he's like fucking Brad Pitt. Like old ladies, like Ajumas would stop me on the street and be like, hello, your boyfriend is beautiful. And I'd be like, thank, thank you? That you know happened what, though, multiple it, times. I lived in Korea for a while and they would say shit like that to some of my white friends. And I'd be like. Yeah, he's just like a the, Jewish dude. Blinds like. They'd be like, I, I had one guy who was like a lot older than me and people would go up yeah. at the time like Prison Break was on TV and it was like really popular for some reason in Korea. Yeah. They'd be like, is that the guy from Prison Break? And I'm like, yeah, he looks nothing like the guy from Prison Break. He looked 20 years older than the guy in Prison Break. But that's the same as like sometimes, you know, people think that all Asian people look like. I think they think all white people so look like. So it's the alike. same. Yeah, for sure. So like... Yeah, John's – I mean, I so think John's super cute, but he's just a Jewish dude. Yeah. He, um, <laughs> he's just a Jewish dude. Like, here's a picture of him. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. He's cute, but he's not like 
Like, some people think he looks like Jason Biggs, okay? I don't know. But so my new bio sister was like, he looks like Adam Ravine. And I'm like, no, no Adam Ravine. No, he doesn't at all, actually. He doesn't. Oh. So, judge from the voice? What? Yeah. That's Adam Levine. But she's yeah. like, Adam Levine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, no. Um, so anyway, that was intense. And then I got home. Mm-hmm. Back to LA. And I was just waiting for that DNA test. And I thought about it more and more. And I kept thinking in my head, I bet you it's going to come back negative. I don't know. I just was like, they look nothing like me. I, I felt like, I didn't feel like we were alike at all. Mm-hmm. They, the way they acted was so different from me in so many ways. Like, um, I just, it, it, they seem so foreign to me. And I, I don't know, maybe I was right. romanticizing it. Like, I just kind of figured, oh, when you meet your birth family, you'll have this amazing bond with them, this very, mm. like, indescribable magnetism between each, between right, um, right. you and their, and the family. So, I don't know. I just kept thinking about it. And then mm-hmm. um, the, I kept bugging the orphanage for the results and it took them three months. That seems like a long time. Right. You want to know why? Because it came back negative. <laughs> Did they have to like keep, were they retesting it like over and over again? I don't know what they were doing, but so it came back negative, which I know I thought that it would be negative, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I didn't actually, you know what I mean? Like you think it's going to Like you happen, thought it, but, but you weren't hoping it. Right. You, I mean, you cannot be prepared for something like that. Right. So then I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? So then um, Eastern looked back in their records and they found that two girls were born on the same day. Mm-hmm. in the same hospital in Inchon and they were transported to the orphanage together that maybe their paperwork was switched. Okay. okay. Yeah. So then so you're like, Oh, I'm like, well back to square one. Like, I'm like, can I have that girl's paperwork? And they're mm-hmm. like, well, legally we can't, we can't give that to you. So then they told me this whole convoluted story about how actually on that other, the other set of papers, it says, a birth mom's name, mm-hmm. but she's, they reached out to her and she's actually not the birth mom. She gave her name to another woman who gave that same name to another woman. Like, what? like craziness. So immediately I'm like, oh, she's lying. That sounds like such a lie, you know? Uh-huh. So then for the next three years, I was just like bugging the shit out of the orphanage I was in contact with a ton of um, adoptee advocates. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I went um, to about three years later, almost exactly three years later, I went back to Korea for a research trip. And I happened to meet the woman who was listed as the birth mom on the other set of papers. How'd that happen? The orphanage arranged it. They finagled something. Mm -hmm. So that was crazy. Um, and I knew as soon as I saw her face, I'm like, oh, she's telling the truth. She's not my birth mom. She looked nothing like me. It was clear. Uh-huh. But so like what she had to do. So this is so messed up, ma'am. When she was 20, 23, um, she was pressured by her father and her aunt 
to give her name to her aunt's boss, who was this woman who already had four daughters mm-hmm. and she was married. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't have another kid, let alone another daughter. Uh-huh. And so they wanted to give it up for adoption, but because they were married, it's like tough to surrender a child to the, you have to be like an unwed or like an out attack. Mm. Is yeah, that yeah. not true? I, I have no idea. I don't know what the Oh yeah. I think do. you, I think. That sounds like really crazy, but I could, I could yeah, see I think it you happening. Have to be, I think you have to be an unwed mother. Mm. Um, so, so they pressured her to mm. give her name. So not only did she have to give her name, she had to go to the hospital the doctor gave her a gown. She put it on, sat on the bed, and held the baby, me, and had to pretend like she had just had a baby to the social workers. What? Yeah. They had to, like, fake a birth. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So she, so since, you know, so now I'm, like, years later, I'm talking to this woman. 32 uh-huh. years later, I'm talking to this she's woman. She's got to tell you this crazy story. She's telling me this and I'm like, oh my God. And she's like, well, so my aunt is dead and my dad is dead. And I don't know the woman's name. I don't, I never met the woman. Oh no. Whose baby it actually was. Right. But she had one clue. She was like, I know that her, that she and her husband had some furniture, some huge furniture company in Incheon. Mm-hmm. So based on that information, Goal, you're, you're familiar with Goal. Yeah. I used to be a member. You, yeah, so Goal is awesome, and they sure are totally helped me out. And they worked with this police sergeant, and they were able to track down. Was it Sergeant Lee? Maybe it was a woman. Oh no, not the guy. No, <laughs> I think it was like I forget her name. Um, I should know her name. Um, anyway, so they tracked down this woman. Um, and. Yeah, so then I went, so I remember like right after, so my parents came with me on that trip too. Mm. So um, we walked around Incheon for a while and I didn't know any Korean at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was very difficult to like communicate with people and the, the furniture company had since gone bankrupt. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, but so as soon as like I landed, so after that trip, I, I came back to L.A., and seriously, man, the next day I got an email from Goal that they had located a cousin or the nephew, sorry, the nephew of this woman who is presumably my birth mom, my real birth mom, uh-huh. her nephew, providing all this detail about the family. Crazy, right? What was all the detail? Like that I had four older sisters. Mm-hmm. It really was true. I had four older sisters that um, I knew and he gave me their names. So then, of course, I was like all over Facebook, like stalking them. Okay, and how crazy is this? I was like sending cold messages to – not cold messages, like very warm-hearted, heartfelt messages. But like opening up the conversation. Yeah, like I didn't know these people being like, I think we're related to like complete strangers. Did they look like you? Yes, yeah, some of them, like, one of them looked so much like me. So I was mm. like, oh, I, I'm definitely related to this woman. Yeah, she yeah. did not respond. I'm sure she was like, what the, what is this? Right. Um, 
Who's and, this American girl? <laughs> yeah, like, who, who is this person? Facebook messaging me. Right. And then, um, pretty much, so that was in November I landed back. And then by March, by February or March, I found out that they actually had located my birth mom. And so then um, I took a DNA test before mm-hmm. meeting them. And it was confirmed I actually was so paranoid that we took two DNA tests, different mm-hmm. kinds. Um, and yeah, and so last, so in 2015, I met my actual birth family. Wow. My birth mom and my four older sisters. And then crazily enough, after I was given up for adoption, my birth mom adopted a son. What? Okay, if you you guys can't see right now, but Mike's face was just like whoa, like whoa. <laughs> that was a good yes. That's audibly yeah. what my face was. It was like this crazy like Scooby Doo. Like, the, like the are you logic kidding? just jumped around my head for a minute. It was like, wait, your yeah. birth mother adopted a son after yeah. she relinquished you. Yeah, under like this fake after. name of yeah. somebody like what. Wh- her husband yeah. was the boss of an employee's yeah. daughter or something. So I her so there so my birth mom, my birth mom's house cleaner was this old woman. Uh-huh. And she, this old woman got her niece to, to give the, up her name. Yeah. To cover for her. And so so it was the same doctor who helped my birth mom um like basically get me adopted Mm -hmm. um and also fuck up the paperwork thanks man um (laughs) so that same doctor i think a year and a half two years later called her up and was like yo you know you always wanted a son like now's your chance apparently it was um like an abortion gone wrong and the nurses found a, the, that the baby was still breathing like in wow. the trash I know this is so crazy and so they saved the baby uh-huh. and then the doctor called my birth mom and was like yo it's time like mm-hmm. I think he basically was like this is this is this is your duty like this is karma uh-huh. um, and so yeah I have an adopted younger brother which is so crazy to me because that is super crazy in this poetic way. I mean, we very easily could have had each other's lives. I mean, he Mm -hmm. could have very easily been adopted into a family like mine in upstate New York. And I very easily could have remained in my birth family growing up in Korea. What's your relationship with him? Like, do you ever talk to that? Um, yeah. So I loved, I mean, he's so sweet. I really, really liked him a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like he doesn't have the best relationship with his mom. The expectations on him are so hard. I feel like he doesn't quite know himself yet. I think he's had a really tough mm-hmm. time, especially since my birth dad died in the 90s. And I think ever since he died, mm. Sung's had a really tough go of things. Yeah. Um, and so when I was in Korea, he was very scarce. Like he was not around a lot, but when, when he came around, I think he really, I don't know. He seemed to like me and I certainly liked him and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
Yeah. Or how was the reunion with uh, the rest of the family, your birth mother, oh finally? God. So ever you know how before I was saying that there would be this like weird bond? Yeah, yeah. It It's true. It exists. I mean, as soon as I met my sisters at the airport, it was like we were so much alike. We were all like crying and laughing at each other and like jumping up and down. It was like crazy. And then my birth mom was like, we have like the same, we're both super petite. Mm-hmm. And um, she, we have a, like the same voice. And she is, um, I think she's a lot, I think we're a lot alike in that we're both sort of ball busters and like, we can like hold, you know, we like, she's really funny. She's also very, she was very defensive at the beginning. Mm. Um, like, it was weird. It was very weird. It was like the best and worst experience of my life. It's kind of understandable though, right? Yeah, there was so much. Like, I really wanted to know more about their family and they're very, they hold a lot of family matters very close to the chest. Koreans. To the best. To the chest yeah um <clears throat> and they had had some legal issues too so they didn't want to sure yeah they don't want to go into that yeah and they um yeah she it was just like weird we had this like like so i was filming everything just mm. to have the footage right, right and i just felt like she was like mugging for the camera while she was like crying mm-hmm. but then i don't it was just weird it was weird and then like the next morning we like we like kind of brushed by each other like getting coffee in the kitchen and she was just like me on and like walked away and i was like oh okay like like sorry yeah like sorry bye but but it was like it was like she was trying to say sorry for everything. Right. Yeah. Like it wasn't about the brush. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It was, and no, we didn't even physically brush. It was just like we were like by each other getting coffee, and she was just like me on. <laughs> I was like, oh okay. <laughs> and yeah, what was your reaction? What am like, I gonna say? Uh, like no prob, Bob. Like what do you? And they were very like insistent that I stay with them. I had to fight mm-hmm. really hard to stay in a hotel um, yeah. for a couple nights. Like I knew I was just emotionally going to need a break. And they were still um, in Incheon or? No, they're in Seoul. Okay. I, but my, my, yeah, my bio mom now is in Suji. I don't know where that and is. It's like just, it's like 40 minutes outside of Seoul. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of them live in Seoul. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we it was pretty great. We went to Jeju, like all the sisters and, nice. and Emma and I. We went to Jeju, and I had like ten days with them, and then I left them, and I met my boyfriend, and we we like went to Tokyo, <laughs> like hung out in Japan, like had a vacation, and then he came back with me after. Mm-hmm. And once again, they were like, "He looks like John Travolta." <laughs> yes. I just checked up my dogs and they're both fast asleep in my bed. <laughs> Bunch. How what are your dogs? dogs? Uh they're both like lab mixes and they're both uh very sleepy all the time. Dogs sleep a lot. 
I, I, uh, I like dogs. <laughs> that seemed very unsure. Like you didn't want to piss off the audience and say that you don't like dogs or that you're ambivalent about dogs. No, I grew up with dogs. I grew I grew up with labs, but like, mm-hmm. I, I I would never say I'm like a dog person. I do like them, but like I don't know if I'll ever get a dog. They're I mean they're work. It's they're, work. Yeah. yeah. It's like having kids. Like they need to be taken care of. They're not it's yeah. like having a cat. Cats are very self sufficient. Also, cats are gross. <laughs> why are cats gross? This is why cats are gross. Because you'll just be like sitting somewhere and uh-huh. they'll just like rub up on you. And like they just like won't leave you alone. And they're like rubbing their ass. And you're like, <laughs> I just don't like it. And then their tail just like strokes the side of your face. I just, it like, kind of cats are you it's so creepy. With? It's like a bad. It's like the it's like the guy trying to make a move on you who's just a creep. And you're I, like, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that sentiment. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> creepy ass cats. Yeah. These slinking around, ass. all creepy like. <laughs> Get away from me, cat! I told you I don't want to drink. Yeah, I'm like, no, that no, thank you. Don't make me give you. I don't accept a drinks from strangers, with, like, cat. Eight digits. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, cat. <laughs> I'm here with my friends, actually. I gotta go. Yeah. Um, okay. It was nice meeting you. Great. Bye, cat. Bye, cat. Uh, so, so, uh, so uh, welcome to Mike's podcast. Back to the regularly scheduled program. So, uh, but you said that you knew my friend Robin, who I knew when I lived in Korea, too, under bizarre circumstances relating to the story you just told. Yeah, man. So, okay. So after I came back from Korea and I like couldn't find my real birth family, it was like in that, what mm-hmm. I like to call the dark period. Uh, when you had the negative test. Yeah. I um, actually went on Ricky Lake and told my story mm-hmm. and Robin caught that episode and she was like, oh, my God, maybe I was the baby who was switched with her uh-huh. because she also was through Eastern mm-hmm. and we were at the orphanage around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and funnily enough, she lived in L.A. Yeah, um, she lives out there. Yeah. So I see her now all the time. So there was a period before I met my bio fam, my real bio fam, where I, I just felt like no matter what happens – I wouldn't change it because through this experience, I've met Robin. Like, I feel such a connection with Robin. I feel like we yeah. both. So the same thing happened to her, but her her scenario is worse. I mean, worse or better, I guess it depends how you look at it. But mm-hmm. she had a relationship with her bio mom for, quote unquote, bio mom for like six years before she found out that it wasn't. Her oh, biological wow. relation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but now I see Robin all the time and she's like one of my favorite, favorite people in the whole world. I haven't seen her for a very long time, but I loved her when we were in Korea because she's like such a ray of sunshine. Like completely all the time. She's just so positive. Yeah. And so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're a funny duo. Cause she, cause I'll be like, fuck that cat. And then she's just like, She's like, she's just like, what? All I could see was rainbows and like beautiful <laughs> crystals. Yeah, and like, yeah. yeah, she really, but, 
but I'm make I'm joking, but like she is such a real person. Like mm-hmm. she's she's real. I really do think she sees the good and the bad. She just chooses to yeah. um, focus on the good. You know, mm-hmm. whereas whereas some people might just be in denial of the bad. Like, no, yeah, I agree. Um, so is she? What's she doing out there? Um, she's like a family therapist. That's awesome. Yeah, and so I think Robin and I are. Um, starting to uh think about our next steps Mm -hmm. so um just through both of our experiences we've realized how important it is for adoptees to take dna tests and i think you know the orphanage has certainly never told us to do it and there aren't enough there aren't enough um, forces out there telling people this is actually the most important part of your birth search and this should happen before Mm -hmm. you meet anybody Mm You should not have to come face to face with a person who's not actually your, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so we want to educate people about that and um, help people get tests, and we're kind of figuring out our next steps. But mm-hmm. um, pretty much, her she has not found her um, true biological family yet, and so um, yeah, so she's kind of she's figuring that out right now. Yeah. Have you guys like uh, paired with? Thomas Park Clement or 365 I just camera friended him on Facebook. Oh, yeah? So I, yeah, I want to talk with him um, you a should. little bit. <clears throat> yeah, he, se- he seems like a really interesting guy. And mm-hmm. um, Rob and I have an idea about how to raise awareness, but also hopefully that would lead to her to at least, you know, trying to find her bio family. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like uh, – Mr. Clement could be a huge help in yes. that. He is a prolific activist in with regards to the uh, the DNA testing and everything like that. I think there's been some uh, interruption or some kind of thing with, with the DNA kits and everything like that in terms of – because he used to just give them out for free basically. And I yeah. think there, there was a stop to that for some reason or another. And I can't – I don't know the details but – Well, I want to raise um, money. They're still so that like, we yeah. can continue that. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh, that would be cool. And and if you do, you should uh, keep me apprised of the situation. You come back on the on the show and talk about it. I would love that. It'd be super rad. Yeah. Well, Robin and my project, which again we're still working out all the kinks, so um, involves uh, driving around in a van. <laughs> Doesn't sound creepy at all. Teaser. <laughs> With candy, with candy, with candy, and luring, and luring children, extra cash, yeah, and uh, nylon eggs. Yeah, I'm just gonna walk around with like a, a dog leash and be like, "Hey, little man, do you want to help me find my puppy inside this, this not... van?" <laughs> this is a perfect transition to talking about you and uh, Steven Universe, a children's show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so going to hell. So dark. Um, it just got so dark in here. Sorry. Whoops. It's cool. It's cool. So, I realize so. I think certain stuff is funny and then it comes out of my mouth and I'm like, ooh, maybe you shouldn't have said that. No, I mean, that happens to me all the time. I was uh, so over here in uh, New York, we have also known as, which is our organization uh, uh-huh. for adoptees. Oh, yeah. AKA. AKA. There's a SoCal chapter. There is a SoCal chapter and there's also <laughs> one in uh, San Francisco out there. 
AKASF. And so AKA New York, uh, I was the featured member of the month this month in hey. February. Hey. What? I'm and so uh, I realized they had me fill out this, you know, little bio and questionnaire thing. Oh my God. And one of the questions was like, what makes you laugh? And I was like, <laughs> I, I think I typed on the end and I deleted it very quickly and replaced it with what ended up on the newsletter, which was mostly the wrong things. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. I was like, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Such a like, if people knew, if people outside my very right. close friends knew what I laughed at, you know, they'd be like, if I already horrified? wasn't disqualified from being president because I was born outside this country, I would be disqualified for being president because of yeah. my sense of humor. It'd be like, no, that guy can't. Mm-mm. <laughs> Wasn't that such a buzzkill when you were a kid? It kind of still is because now I look at the country and I don't want to get too political or anything. But I'm like, yeah. uh, uh, you can get political. I could, with me I, after. could uh, I could be a better president. And I'm it, sorry, any listeners honestly, who supported the current. There's president. a pile of dog shit on my front lawn right now that could be a better president than the guy who's currently in office. I. I'm just like, it. I think I could have handled this situation better. I think Ugh. I could have, uh, I would have done it this way. And yeah. I feel like I would have gotten more support. Totally. I'm just saying. But like as a kid, it was so crazy. The teachers would be like, you can be anything you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, I want to be the president. And then you learn, oh, like, oh no. You weren't no. born here. Nope. Kid, you sorry. can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You and Alexander Hamilton, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody says like, oh, I want to be a senator. <laughs> even though, even though they, even though that's Sorry, a senators. badass job, like, you know, like look at uh, Kamala Harris is like making some waves. I mean, yeah. there's a know. lot of good ones out there. There's a lot of good ones. But yeah, I mean, that's yeah. not the end game, right? They're like POTUS. They want right. To be the POTUS. Right. Nobody's like, oh, I want to be the vice president. There was a vice president out there, uh, me being a history major, the only reason I knew was something like this, who once said, <laughs> somebody asked him what he thought of the vice presidency, and he was like, the vice presidency is worth a warm bucket of piss. Who said that? There's some pre- vice president in the like, 1800s or something oh like that. Oh my God, that. like, that's that so funny. friends with that dude. Where did you go to college? I went to Rutgers in, oh, in Jersey. Oh, hey. Hey, are you? Are you a professor? I mean, Say, you're, hmm? is, you're a history major? I was a history political science major. Whoa. I have a family friend who teaches there now. He's a history. Oh, professor. really? Who is yeah. it? Joseph Dwyer. Joseph Dwyer. Wait, the is name he sounds still familiar, there? but I don't, I don't think I had a class. Let me see if he's still there. Um, and then, I can I ask you a question? No. Mm-mm. Oh, well, Boop. see you later. No. Well, <laughs> What's the question? Um... Well, did you look for your birth family? Oh, uh, sure. So I, I've we've we've done this on the show, but that's cool. Oh, you have. Can no, you no, just no. give me like the quick version then? Yeah. So I actually so I started in my freshman year at Rutgers. Yeah. Because I had like a super sweet T one internet connection, and I was like, I this internet's <clears> so fast. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get it done. Just because of the speed of the internet, because I was coming right. from like a fifty-six six k internet connection dial-up at home. This means nothing to me. Okay. Oh my god! Really? Come on. Okay. So it was a dial-up internet connection when I had. When oh, dial-up. Where yeah, it's yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, when your like modem would like scream at you because yeah. you're trying to connect to the internet. Um, kids today don't know what that is, but basically, like if your mom picked up the phone while you were trying to hook onto the internet, your internet got kicked off. You got kicked off the internet. <sighs> Modern technology. Anyways, so yeah. I was like, yeah, I can do this, and then like I decided to take like 22 credits in my <laughs> like first semester, which is so dumb, and basically I had no time to do it. So I put it off and put it off. Um, I went to Korea in 2007 for okay. the, like, first for the OKF tour, the Overseas Korea Foundation tour, and then for the okay. 2007 gathering. <clears throat> and I actually went Ooh, to the gathering. The gathering Ooh. in 07. Um, but I went to the agency with holly mcginnis who's the founder of aka and a good friend of mine who's also been oh the holly yeah she's fantastic wait, wait. do i know her i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> very possibly wait where's holly from uh originally from westchester new york is where she grew up and then she moved to new york city for a while and uh now she's out in Washington University in St. Louis finishing up her dissertation for her PhD. Just kidding. I don't know her. Okay, never mind. I just know another <laughs> Korean adoptee named Holly. I got confused. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Who also has two legs. Yeah, it's crazy. Who also has, and, and like black hair and is Korean. Yeah, and... it's so weird. Okay. Uh, shaped eyes? Yeah, that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so she went with me and they, they basically showed me the file, which wasn't more than the file I'd already seen at home. And they basically said like, it's impossible to find your parents because you were born in a private hospital and that hospital burned down and they lost all the records. It's like, okay. And then later after doing this podcast, I found out that a lot of people get that story. Yeah. Yeah. A flood happened or whatever. Yep. And so basically since then I haven't like really tried to open it up again, but now I'm after doing this, I'm like, Oh, maybe I should try to do that because maybe that was like bullshit. They were slinging. <laughs> So they sling so much bullshit. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, maybe one day I'll, I'll reopen this up, but I'm also like, time's running out. I'm getting older. I can feel it in my back. So I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'll do this sooner rather than later. And then, well, I yeah. would say my advice to you, sorry, you're not asking for it, but no, I'm always, I'll give it to you. Yeah, like, please, if you're even thinking about it, just start it now because it is such a process and you have to know that like there's so much bureaucratic bullshit you're going to have to yeah. wade through. Like just start it now. Mm -hmm. Just start it. And who knows what will happen. But like. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah. And now that I know the process a little bit better too and I'm a little bit yeah. older and wiser. Uh, so maybe that will help. I'm so wise. I'm you're so wise, super Michaela. wise. <laughs> Uh, another thing I want to talk with you about, or the, yeah. my story, was that satisfactory? Was that a good story? Was yeah, that... that was a really good story. Thank you. Also, it wasn't nearly as to... cool or dramatic as yours, and I oh feel like I if if failed as a storyteller. No, it didn't. You. you didn't fail. You are enough. It needs this work. is a safe place. <laughs> I also, that. I've been writing the word "poot" over and over and over on a piece of paper. So this is a really interesting conversation for you. <laughs> You're very engaged. No, people say that you're supposed to doodle while people talk to you because mm. you associate it, like you make associations and it'll help you remember things. Are you going to associate poot with me from now on? Yep. God damn it. Okay. It's so exciting. <laughs> Is it? Other than CBS. Uh, so 
Um, I, you didn't know because I haven't told you. Oh. Nor did you ask. Oh. Uh, my minor at Rutgers was theater. Theater hey! arts. Uh, were you also a theater aficionado? Were you were you somebody um, of the theater yeah, in college? Not. I was not. You weren't. How did you get no. involved? What? But you, in New York, you got involved in the theater. Yeah. So how did this I, happen? So I like since I was little, I always wanted to perform. When I found out I couldn't be a, the president, I was like. Fuck it. I want to be a comedian. I didn't even know what a comedian was. I was just like, if you're a comedian, people like laugh. So I was like, I want that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can so, get paid for that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Um, so I always knew I wanted to perform and I would do like regional theater. Um, and from then, like what age? Oh, like first grade kindergarten on oh wow what kind of shows what kind of shows were you doing at regional theaters um i was a i was a munchkin um at orpheus theater in oneana new york oh yeah the orpheum yeah the world famous orpheum yeah then i was um oh no the orpheus Orpheus. no that's what i said yeah the orpheus oh Oh, yeah 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 um i was a i played a a street urchin in a in Little production Shop of, of La Boheme at the Glimmerglass oh, Opera House. The other. No big scenes. deal. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, I don't know. I was I was the artful dodger in the high school production of Oliver. I also played Rizzo and I got to like stuff my bra. Very nice. Um, <laughs> what else? So, so much. Let me look at my headshot really Oh, quick. I played Gretel in the Orpheus Theater production of Sound of Music. Awesome. Everyone else Great. was white, but I was little and Asian, and it was very cute. And they're like, "Oh, she's cute." You're in. Um. Now flee and, the Nazis. Uh, yeah, and then um, trying to think. Ah, uh, yeah, I did, like took an acting class in college, but I was an international studies and econ major. Very cool. So you had an interest and you've done a couple of shows growing up yeah. and stuff. But in college, it sounds like you dropped it except for this one class. Yeah, I just – I knew I didn't want to pursue – I knew I was going to pursue acting after college. So I wanted to just learn things mm-hmm. in school that didn't pertain to acting. So just in case I'd have something to fall back on. Sure. Um, and then I graduated from college and I went to New York and I studied with this like old acting teacher named Gene Frankel. And he would be like – He'd call me Mahalia. And I'd be like, um, but Ma- sir, Mahalia? But sir, my name is Michaela. And he'd be like, right, Mahalia. <laughs> and he, he would, he would ask me like what my need was or my want. Oh. And I'd, yeah. Like, so I'd have urgency in like these monologues uh-huh. and he's like, it's like you're squeezing your sphincter. And I'm like, um, sir, I'm pretty sure it's a sphincter. And he's like, all right, your sphincter. <laughs> so you didn't have to go over like, this sounds like real good method acting right here. Squeeze yeah, I was like, sphincter. did we have an anatomy class together? Because it's not sphincter. <laughs> it's sphincter and whatever. <laughs> anyway. Well, how did you find this acting coach? He actually was legit. He was like the, he was like the youngest person of the whole 
like new American theater movement or really? whatever. Yeah, so he he like knew some of the, he like worked with some of the greats, right, and yeah, so when yeah. I met him, he was fucking old and like on oxygen and stuff, and like, mm-hmm. but he was amazing. And then I also took some Meisner technique, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I just from there I got a voiceover gig, and then I've just been doing VO and stuff and stuff. Well, did you get VO work in New York, or did you move out to LA and start doing? Yeah, stuff? so I got VO work in New York. And then for like um, what? What were your first gigs? Oh, so one of my first things was this video game called um, the tentative title was Rat Race, and uh-huh. I played like a Delia kind of character who was just like super whatever. Um, but then it they like stopped doing the game. I don't know what happened uh-huh. with the funding or whatever. Um, and then I auditioned for this um, kids show, which was titled dinosaurs and i Mm. wrapped happy birthday it was amazing not and um dinosaurs was actually code for barney and friends so i actually moved from new york to dallas i was in dallas for a full year and then i'm like i do not want to live in dallas so then i split time between new york and dallas and then later i split time between dallas and la okay um and then you made and, the transition to LA from there? Yeah. Yeah. So um You're like, I'm done with Dallas. Dallas was weird, man. Dallas I've was heard very that. weird for me. I've never been there, but I've heard stories about Dallas being a little bit weird. I mean, besides when I lived abroad in Spain during college, um, like there I was like the only Asian person around. Mm-hmm. So so people like from across the street would just be like, ah, Chinita, like oh little Chinese girl. Right, yeah. And I get like so pissed. And I felt very unattractive there. Like they just like discount Asian people there, like at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in um Oh, oh hey, John, man, was that John Travolta? Hey, John. Hey. Do you want to it's see Chris John Evans. Travolta? Here he is. Hey, hey what's up? This Has is anybody ever told you look just like John Travolta. It's like a dead ringer, right? It's You're, uncanny. Oh my god, I can't believe right now I'm meeting somebody so famous. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> this is Good to meet you, man. Good to meet you. I'll just You're on the show now. The you gotta out the a, remainder a of the interview. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, what are we talking about? I got starstruck so when John Travolta left in. I know. Oh, Janita. And same in Dallas. I just felt so like out of place there. Because everyone mm-hmm. was like but you're not blonde. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm not blonde. <laughs> and I'm not white either. Are only <laughs> like, blondes allowed out here? I mean, I can change my hair. I don't know. It just felt very weird. I feel like people didn't know how to handle me there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I was hanging out with the wrong crowds, man. I don't know. Yeah, man. It's weird. It's weird. So as you go to LA, what, what's the, what, what are the gigs out there? In LA? Yeah. Well, so in LA, um, so you mentioned before I'm on the show Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. I voice the character Amethyst. Major who, character. Are, yeah, if you're a fan of the show, you know that Amethyst's uh, sort of origin story is a lot like that of an adoptee. Um, she doesn't know where she comes from, and mm-hmm. um, she has some insecurities about that, and she's accepted into this whole crew of crystal gems who took her in and um so yeah i could i can definitely relate to that Mm -hmm. um and i'm working on a 
pilot right now for a network and I don't I can't say a lot about it. I don't know if anything will happen sure, yeah. with it. Who knows with these things? Mm -hmm. Um and I also worked on this video game recently which cool. was so amazing and I can't tell you about that either. <laughs> um but for people who are familiar with the VO industry just know that this was pre this is a project that was pre the whole strike. So I'm not a scab. Like it just You're not uh, scabbing it was out there. Like a sanction thing. Yeah. Um but that one was pretty cool because I had to voice match for a character mm -hmm. of an iconic movie. Ooh. Intriguing, right? Yeah. No, I wanna I, I want I wanna hear more. An iconic movie that strokes your uh thirst for nostalgia. <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm being so i'm being so creepy right now is this uh um, not as creepy as you were before with the van and the and the dog oh. i mean that was i think that takes the the cake for this episode Hello, guys. it's just weird you're creeping me out all right ice cream beyond this sliding door all of a sudden it's an ice cream truck or it's a minivan yeah. with ice cream in it this minivan <laughs> i don't know i, I sound this moving is, this, on this got so weird this is <laughs> one of the weirdest episodes i've recorded so far i think hands down I'm hands really down sorry no it's 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 or am i fine question mark <laughs> <laughs> no i'm so curious like i've uh i'm like oh you know i wouldn't mind doing like commercial or video work and i'm like I, I could have the voice for that i have a nice yeah. microphone here i could send yeah in. everybody says that yeah but you do have cool, i mean listen like <laughs> thanks thanks michaela dude like there are um <clears throat> websites where you can just post your reel on it and a yeah. lot of companies or what you know people need shit they go to that website they don't go through agencies they'll just go really? there and they hire you directly and you have to have an isdn system and then you record from home i don't have to like go on backstage every day and look for extra no. parts and no Gotham, like voices or... i think it's like voices one two three there's like voice bank oh uh, you need there's to send like me information this after this yeah we're gonna, yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah. chat there... I want to chat. There are ways. There are ways. But um yeah. Yeah, I would say I don't know if you want to try it, just try it. I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh to kind of close this out and everything, uh, we covered all the You're like, the, please can notes. we end this because you're getting too creepy. No, absolutely not. I there's <laughs> there's no too creepy with this guy, trust me. Uh <laughs> I don't know if you've uh, seen this or if it's been passed around over at your, your job at Steven Universe, but I okay. am, being the tech nerd that I am, I'm a major tech nerd. I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, I am. You just all, schooled me on a all lot All I do stuff. all day is just scour tech websites because I'm a, okay. such a – tech websites and, and film and uh, news websites. Those are my three big ones. But my this tech website I visit, The Verge um, – <laughs> Just ran the super random piece, but I, I thought it was cool because I had, you know, our conversation lined up. Yes. It's so apropos called Steven Universe is a defining example of artistic re resistance in our time by Kwame Opam. Well, I'll just read really quickly 
That sounds amazing. Uh, about the sh- yeah, I have a couple notes written down here, a couple paragraphs. Okay. So I'm going to take about a half hour more of your time reading this, because um, <laughs> I thought it was so cool. It says in an episode of Steven Universe that first aired <clears throat> in November 2016, 14 year old protagonist Steven tries to bring his father, his estranged conservative uncle, and his alien refugee aunts together for a peaceful Thanksgiving. The resulting di- resulting dinner is about as quirky and tense as any holiday get together can be with the conversation touching on illegal aliens, divided families, and the threat of change. However, the fact that the episode aired so soon after the election gave it heft and urgency. It's an understatement to say that the episode resonated in the way it definitely confronted the anxieties of an audience still shell-shocked by Donald Trump's rise. Months later, it still does. It's better than to say that Steven Universe matters. Few shows are as empathetic or committed to the value of all identities as this one, and it's fearless in its message of loving kindness, even in the face of profound adversity. In this way, it's quietly one of the most radical shows in the medium, let alone its genre. Given American politics' visible shift towards isolationism and intolerance, the series, which returned to Cartoon Network this week, is more than just must-see TV. It's a defining example of artistic resistance in our time, and with the stakes rising both on the show and the real world, it's more important than ever. In large and small ways, Steven Universe is about embracing differences, even if it doing so is a revolutionary act. More than the delightful swashbuckling adventures, slice-of-life stories, and even musicals, the show is about characters who must actively choose to be there for one another, no matter who they are, where they come from, who they love, and what they believe. The outlook is timely, and given more force thanks to its being pushed mainly by women both on-screen and off-screen. It's also continually put to the test as the cast faces existential threat after existential threat. So, I don't know much about the show. Uh, I did a little YouTube research prior to... Our conversation here. I think uh-huh. the songs are great. <laughs> cool. I, I like the theme song. I saw that. Uh, I, I just thought this piece was amazing. It got me very interested in the show. And I thought maybe you'd like to talk a little bit about what you think about that, the show's kind of messages and themes that it's putting out there, how it relates to you, how you think it relates to adoption in our current political situation, et cetera, et cetera, if at all. Yeah, 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 uh, for sure. I will say, first off, I uh, I got to check out that thing on Ver- on Verge. I'll send it to you. I should, R- I should RT that on on the Twitter.com. Totes. Um, very kind words from Mr. Kwame who? Uh, Kwame Opam. I don't yeah. know if that's a guy or a girl. I'm not sure. Yeah. Person. Person. Um, yeah, I will say that I think I, 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 I can't, I should probably not admit this, but I did not watch a lot of cartoons growing up. Um, I just couldn't get over the fact that like things weren't real, like mm-hmm. animals would go swimming and then they would never be wet later. And I, <laughs> I just you were bothered by. <laughs> yeah. Like I want them to always to be moist after they get out of. There, there it is again. There we go. That was justified. Um, That's a justified right. use of the word. But so Steven Universe is, wow. It, 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 it is so real. And I mean, you know, if you were to give someone the log line of what's it, what it's about, this coming of age story about a half alien boy, half human, who's being led by, you know, his three alien I guess sort of aunt or family types mm-hmm. um, and trying to like save the planet. Uh, 
you know, it sounds crazy, but it's so real. I think um, the creator of the show, Rebecca Sugar, is such, I mean, one, she's a, she's just a creative genius. Um, she was first known for her work. I mean, on a, on a larger scale, she was known for her work on Adventure Time. Um, mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people who are really into comics probably know her from her comics before. Um, and she manages to find um, like human stories in, in everything. Mm -hmm. um, I think every episode of Steven Universe for me, I, I, I laugh and, and my eyes well up in every episode. Um, it's, it really strikes a balance between sort of like being, you know, an upbeat, like what quote unquote kid show. And then, and speak to these very complex adult issues like, you know, death, divorce, um, <clears throat> like uh, same-sex relationships, um, consent. Um, you know, the show has adoption. The show has sort of opened up um, a dialogue for, I think, not just parents to speak with their kids, but um, in a broader respect. I think it's like really... Um, started dialogues between uh, communities online. I mean, the show in particular, it, it does sort of target um, just exactly from, you know, what you just described by virtue of like all of the characters that are in the show, it does tend to target um, who do feel marginalized in the in the real world. Um, people who, you know, a, a very common thing that I hear is, oh my God, like finally a woman of color or like finally women are being depicted with like different body types. It's not just like these skinny big boot body types. Like, you know, my character is like this squat kind of like round lady, alien lady. And then like Garnet is like this, someone who resembles like this just sort of all powerful, like has this very strong, like, um, and she has like a fro. I mean, it's just like mm -hmm. these types that you don't normally see. Um, and so many people are like, God, if I, you know, if I had had a cartoon like Steven Universe to talk to like me when I was younger, I probably would have come out of the closet earlier. You know, I mean, these people mm -hmm. who are struggling, struggling with these very real things are now able to, you know, seed on represented on screen. Um, I think one of the one of the coolest things maybe about the show is that um, not only is it bringing people together of um, different backgrounds, but does it connect people um, who of different ages? You know, I mean, it's a show where parents are watching it with their kids mm -hmm. and. Um, I mean, I would think a lot of times maybe they're taking away different messages. Like <laughs> there are some sort of, you know, like there are adult undertones in it. Um, but but the meat of what they're taking away is the same. And it's usually revolves around love and acceptance. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a very it's a very special show. I, I feel so fortunate to be you know to have been cast in it and to be a part of it, the family um yeah I mean I wrote I owe Rebecca Sugar like everything <laughs> she's 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 an incredible person
Yeah. Well, it sounds like a super awesome show. I, I again haven't seen too much of it, but the reviews are overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. And uh, I didn't. I, I've said a couple episodes in, in a row and uh, over the over the course of the show that I'm not sure how many adoptive parents listen to the show. Uh-huh. Um, there are like one of the target audiences for this podcast. But I was like, I've never gotten much feedback from that audience. So I was like, I don't know if any of them are listening. And then like just this past week, I got like two or three separate messages from parents that are like, oh, oh no, really? we're listening. And we have like a 10-year-old or a seven-year-old and all these people. I'm like, oh, cool. Because like I have no idea sometimes. Like, sometimes oh my like, gosh, like you're going to have to bleep out void. everything I said before. No, no. It's raw. <laughs> it's raw. They know. It's raw on this show. <laughs> but I mean, is this – a show that you would definitely recommend for them to watch with their kids and like touched on themes of adoption and acceptance and celebrating diversity. Completely, completely. You don't have to have a kid who's adopted to watch it. I mean, or you don't have to have a kid who's, who feels marginalized at Mm -hmm. all. You just have to have a kid. I mean, the, the show is so poignant. I think uh, it's also really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned before, the the music is pretty incredible. Rebecca Sugar is known for uh, the songs that she writes, mm-hmm. and um, like does she write the music for the show? Yeah, she writes music. Yeah, oh, that's she, super she rad. wrote everything, and um, there are a couple of the uh, one of the writers, Ben Levin, has written a bunch of songs. Jeff Liu, who's one of the storyboard artists, he's um, he's a Emmy nominated storyboard artist. He's written a bunch of the songs. Like he wrote wow. um, both of the songs that my character sings. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like a whole effort from the whole team. Oh my gosh. It's the, the amount of work that goes into this show is crazy. It, um, for the, for each 15 minute episode um, from start to finish, um, you know, like just the birth of, the concept to writing it, to the storyboard, to the art, to the animation, to the coloring, et cetera, to us recording our voices. That's about a nine to 10 month process for 15 wow. minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 And fun fact, um, all the animation is done in Korea. Oh, really? Yeah. Super cool. There are a couple studios. One of them is Sunman Studios. And um, actually, uh, not last trip, but the trip before. Did you get to um, visit? I did. I went to the studios and it was so amazing. Um, That's awesome. They are, oh my God. The people they like there pumped are, to see you? Yeah. Like they were, like, oh there my were God, a few Amethyst women who here. were like, they were like, Amatista. And they were like crawling under their desks and like crying. <laughs> like they were so Korean about it. I don't it. know why. It I just so pictured funny. like the ring. I was like, oh my God, what? They're crawling from their desks. They crawled out of the TV and their hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, um, it was pretty incredible. Um, Rebecca is very aware of my uh, birth search story. And so she's been very supportive through the whole thing. And mm-hmm. actually, um, this past week, a Stephen Baum is what it's what Cartoon Network calls Stephen Bombs. They we don't have we don't have a regular airing schedule. So what will happen is okay. there'll be a huge hiatus and then they'll mm. air like five new episodes in one week. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it'll be another hiatus. So kids, kids can kind of like binge, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so this past episode, you get to see Amethyst have sort of a homecoming or sort of a reunion almost with people who are like her. And so when we were 
recording that, um, Rebecca had me, um, you know, give her sort of like, talk to her a little bit about what it was like to actually meet my birth family. And, um, so it was very loosely, those scenes were very loosely based on my experience there, but that's super um, awesome though, that you're like weaving in these stories about you into the show. Yeah, she's cool like that. And I mean, obviously all of this comes from her brain and the brains of like, you know, I mean the, the, the whole, they call it the crew universe. The whole crew universe is really, um, exceptional all of the from the sound people to the colorists to the board artists to the writers mm-hmm. like i mean to the interns like everybody who's a part of it um is so incredibly talented but also just um very thoughtful i feel like in everything that they do there's so much thought put into it um yeah i would say for any i guess any like parent listening out there, um, a parent of an adoptee, a great episode to um, watch with your child. If you want to start a dialogue, if you're feeling weird about it, would be um, On the Run, which is where Amethyst and Steven go back to, it's called the kindergarten. It's where she was made. Oh. Um, and so, oh my God, reading that script, like I'm even about to well up right now, but reading that script before I had to record it was like very, very emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, so, um, you should check it out, Mike. You might like it. I will. I will do yeah. it. Where can I find episodes of, is it streaming um, on like Hulu or anything? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's on Hulu, but you should definitely check out the Cartoon Network app and you mm-hmm. can watch live TV on the Cartoon Network app and you can also catch full episodes. Excellent. Um, which is, pretty great yeah cool well i will definitely do that and everybody listening should check out steven universe and the episode on the run for that amazing story and be on the lookout for new stories that uh will have the emotional heft and loosely based story of michaela (laughs) (laughs) yeah it'll be exciting they don't have like a like a weird switcheroo episode with amethyst and another amethyst <laughs> yeah it's crazy right and then there's this amethyst named robin and she's pretty awesome and yeah. <laughs> um yeah no thank you so much for for having me on your show i really appreciate it i uh uh i hope i didn't creep you out too much but uh <laughs> no there's there's no amount of creepiness that could uh, trounce the uh trivago guy that guy is he haunts my nightmares really but he's so attractive i know but that makes it more creepy me and my buddies at work like talk about it all the time we want to make a fake commercial with that dude i think it's his voice that's the way he speaks it's just like oh come to trivago.com we can have we search all the websites to find you the lowest price kayak rape basement (laughs) whatever dude that's so I'm sticking up for the Travago guy. I think he's like stone cold <laughs> so sexy. Oh, no way. Maybe maybe I just liked maybe it's like I just the silver fox creepy. kind of thing. I could see like if I put it on mute. He's a good looking cat. The, just the way he talks and just like oh that's super creepy. We've now made it so it's just like what are you gonna do? It's like uh, I think I'm just gonna like 
go to Starbucks and Trivago, just Trivago around, <laughs> like made it a verb, like Google is just gonna creep around. <laughs> so there's no amount of creepy that that you can send my way that's gonna trounce that guy. Okay. The only other thing I think I find equally, if not more creepy, is a Elf on a Shelf. I find Elf on a Shelf also very creepy. Oh, agreed. I think that is one of the creepier. Christmas traditions. Aren't we supposed to like? Well, when did this become a tradition? Like, it was like what, like a year or two ago? This thing came around. I feel like, like it's no, not like a new tradition. It's not like no, it's older there's no songs that. about Elf on a Shelf. Like you know, yeah. But I don't know, man. Stuff's way different now. You can't even. You can't say like. Remember how we would sit cross-legged in grade school? But we like we called it well, it Indian, Indian style. style. But it's not. But you Indian can't style. say that anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crisscross applesauce. What? And now they hide. That's what they call it. Crisscross Criss applesauce. applesauce. Yeah, I kind of like yeah. that though. Because it rhymes. <laughs> it rhymes. Do you get it? It rhymes. It rhymes. And uh, at the first half of it, it's, uh, you know, what, what is that called? Alliteration? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful alliteration. It's great. It's alliterate. It's alliterative and it rhymes. I mean, like, how could kids not like that? Come on. Yeah. Genius. I really wish the Travago guy would just be like, and crisscross applesauce. I want to hear him say crisscross. You can't call it Indian style anymore. <laughs> it's now called crisscross applesauce. <laughs> you can find that hotel on Travago. <laughs> well, see you later. Well, great episode. Well, <laughs> on that note. Uh, can, where can people find you online? Are you willing to give out oh. uh, your your Twitter and your yeah, Insta yeah. Snap and your Face Chat? Yes, yes, yes. You can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at Whammyba. That's W H A M M Y B A H. It's like, do you know? Do you know? Do, are you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, do you remember Whammy World? Wayne's World? Yeah, of course I remember Wayne's yeah, World. Yeah, okay. I'm listening so to the WTF when... episode with uh, Dana Carvey right now, actually, as we're talking. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So, okay. So, remember when Wayne and Cassandra go to the guitar store so he can show her the guitar he wants to buy? <laughs> oh, my God. And then Cassandra's like, oh, Wayne, the double spender Stratocaster with the whammy ball. And that's why I'm whammy ball. <laughs> I just had the biggest crush on her. Dude, everybody had the crush on hot. her. Everybody had the crush on everybody. That that's what I mean. I mean, come those on. are the kind of women that I saw who were Asian on TV, and I'm like, fuck, I'm not like anything like that. Showing, adi 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 adi. Yeah. Zang. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cream of cream of some young guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a children's show, Michaela. This is a kid show, and you're gonna you're gonna make a cream of some young guy joke. I remember laughing at that, but not knowing what it meant. Like, I thought it was, I would repeat it all the time. I thought it was so funny. I remember. I like, couldn't I, say fart, but I could say that. I like, went what? to see that. I was, what, like nine when that came out, maybe? Yeah. And uh, I went to see it with my neighbor across the street who, like, I used to hang out at her house because she had this, like, golden retriever who was awesome. And so, like, she took me to go see Wayne's World one day. She's like, what did you think of that? And I was like. That movie was funny, but it was weird. Yeah. And then I was like, later I watched it, I was like, why was I allowed to watch this as a child? <laughs> this is it's, not a children's movie at all. But that's the whole thing is like so much of it goes over your head. It does. Like, it when goes you're right little, you head. don't know. 
Yeah. I literally had no idea what cream of some young guy meant. Are people going to be watching, are kids going to be watching like Steven Universe like 20 years from now being like, why was I allowed to watch this? No, no way. Because it's Steven Universe hits adult tones, but. But it's in, never like a, cream of some young guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not, oh, not in, vul- in a vulgar sense. It hits adult tones, but it's also like. Well, these shouldn't be adult topics. These should be just human mm. topics, and 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 children should understand that you know that they're like children should understand like these greater sort of issues okay. present in our world. Yeah, no, no, no. Steven Universe, nothing like that. So we got your Twitter, we got your Instagram, we got your oh yeah, Whammy Bod, W H A M M Y B A H, and you can find me on the Facebook. At uh, the Facebook.com backslash whammy ball with the whammy ball. Okay. <laughs> uh, see you later. This is a great episode. This is fantastic. Thank you so much, Mike. I really, really, really appreciate it. This is a blast. No, I, I appreciate you taking the. I feel like I've taken up your entire Friday night now. Uh, I'm very. I apologize. I'm on that. the West Coast. It just getting started. Please. Oh snap, yo! Yeah, yeah. On the East Coast, I guess it's just getting started on the East Coast too. But I'm an old man now. Yeah. And I'm gonna sit and try to find uh, Steven Universe. Pet, your sleeping Pet dog. my dogs. Yeah. Let them out. Feed them a snack. Yeah. Let my cat I, like put his tail on my face. Like. Ew! Shh. No. Oh, you just ruined my night. <laughs> Wait. Do you have young adoptees who listen to this? Uh, are they mostly like our age? Uh, I have like college students that I know listen oh, okay. to it. I, I assume there Got are some it. high schoolers out there, but you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't get emails from them. Hey, if you're in yeah. high school or younger, send me an email. Not in a creepy that way. That sounds so it weird. It sounds, oh God, that just that did sound weird. God yeah. damn it. You're like, hey, uh, if you're in a hey, middle school. I have a minivan know. full of ice cream or whatever yeah. Michaela said. It was super weird and creepy. No, that's my van. Oh, that's, that's my van. That's Okay, if you're in the LA um, area, you can look for Michaela's ice cream van. Yeah. It's not a regular van with ice cream. It's a minivan. It's yeah. still weird. Special. Special. She's handing out nylon eggs. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for coming on the show and creeping everybody out. Much appreciated. Oh, you're welcome. Well. And uh, come, I like to set the bar low so I can only exceed it. You're always <laughs> welcome back on the show to continue to creep people out. <laughs> if you have another project you wanna you wanna talk about or uh, your thing with Robin, that'd be great. Yeah, once Ro- once Robin and I get stuff settled, uh, I will definitely come back and talk to you about. And tell tell Robin I said hi, and she should definitely come on the show as well. Yeah, she should definitely come on and talk to you on the show. I agree. Plus, it'd just be good to talk to her. I haven't I haven't talked to her since like 2010. Yeah, you guys can like, catch up on old times. You gotta catch up on old times. Okay. All, All right. right. All right. Goodbye. Thanks. How was that? How was that conversation with Michaela Dietz? I think it was amazing. We talked for a very long time. I edited it out just a little bit, but uh, we talked for a very long time. And I love talking with her. I love talking with Michaela about all kinds of things like CVS and voiceover work and acting and adoption, obviously, among other things. And then Robin Schultz. Shout out to Robin Schultz. She's amazing. And uh, it's sad I haven't seen her for a very long time. I haven't been out to California in a while, but I'd like to get out there. In any case, listen, I'm very happy that you guys took the time to listen to this 
uh, I don't know, months episode of uh, the show, The Rambler, uh, hosted by me, your host, Mike McDonald. Again, if you're an adoptee, an adoptive parent, uh, an adoptive counselor, somebody uh, involved with the adoption community, and you would like to be on the show, please, please send me a message. I am uh, at uh, therambleradhd at gmail.com. I'm also available on Twitter. You can uh, follow me there. That's my most active uh, social media platform, I guess, and that is the Rambler ADHD at the Rambler ADHD. Or you can like my page. Please like my page on Facebook. I think that's the most popular form of media that people follow me on, and that is facebook.com slash the Rambler ADHD. You can message me. You can message me on any of those platforms, and I will most likely answer you. Most likely. Most likely, unless you're a crazy person. I will, I will definitely answer you. Uh, also, if you'd be interested in being on the show, I will also answer you there because I would like you to come on the show. Uh, this show survives only on uh, the generosity of people willing to share their stories. And trust me, you have a story. You have a story to tell. Just like Michaela here. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be a famous person. You don't have to be Amethyst on, on Steven Universe. Although... You know, I think that's pretty awesome that Michaela does that, and I'm very happy that she took the time out of her very busy schedule to come on my show and share her story. And at the end of this, we're gonna share we're gonna share the Steven Universe theme song, the extended theme song that I found on the tube of views. Because uh, you know that that uh, I think it's pretty cool. I think the show themes and messages are pretty cool, as explained by Michaela, as as you just heard. And uh, we're gonna go ahead and delve into that a little bit because I think it's awesome. Just like Steven Universe. Just like Steven Universe. That sounds so cool. I really got to practice my voiceover work. I think uh, I think I got to get into that since uh, Michaela's into it. I think I could do it. I got a sweet microphone. I don't know if you guys know this. The sound quality, I think, for this show is pretty good. I'm rambling. I'm rambling. That's what the show's about, though. Anyways, uh, yeah, I could do that. Check it out. Steven Universe on Cartoon Network. You can check it out. Also... Please visit any of Michaela Dietz's social media things at Whammy Bar. That is W-H-A-M-M-Y-B-A-H. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and many more social media things. Just Google Whammy Bar at Whammy Bar. That's, that's like Wayne's World. We talked about that. Anyways, here's the theme for uh, Steven Universe. I hope you guys have a great month, week, weekend, Black History Month, uh, Grammys. Hey, I just gotta say, I called it on La La Land. Am I right? Am I right? I'm right. I'm right. It's cool. I don't know about the Oscars. I hope they win the Oscars, but you know, I haven't seen Moonlight. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I want to go see it. Anyways, I'll catch you guys uh, on the next episode of The Rambler. There will be another, I swear. I swear, at some point. I don't have anybody lined up, but there, there's going to be another. Anyways, I'll catch you guys later. Oh, music today provided by uh, uh, the people over at Steven Universe, uh, Cartoon Network, and uh, a collective effort. And you can find them on SoundCloud. Anyways, here's the extended theme song to Steven Universe. Check it out. All right, I'll catch you guys later. Bye. That's weird. Bye. Bye. Steven, you want to play them the song you wrote? Um, come on, you wrote it for them. Seriously, he's really excited to live with you guys. It's, it's all he talks about. Don't you want them to hear it? Come on, Steven. Yeah, we'll like it, even if it's bad. Amethyst. Uh, it's true, though.
If you're evil and you're on the rise, you can count on the four of us taking you down. Cause we're good and evil never beats us. We'll win the fight and then go out for pizzas. We are the crystal gems. That's why the people of this world believe in Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl and Steven! <laughs> if you could only know what we really are when we arrived on Earth from out beyond your star, we were amazed to find Your beauty and your worth, and we will protect your kind And we will protect your earth, and we will protect your earth And we will protect you! Cheeseburger back.